fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 59. And sitting across from me is a very, very funny dude who I've been a fan of for a long time. But before we get to him, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer an audio-only version of this, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. If you are listening on one of those, though, and you didn't know there was a visual side to the show, please come check it out on YouTube. If you're there and you want to subscribe, it would mean a lot. We finally hit 1,000 subscribers just the other day, so I'm super stoked about that. Um, also, if you want to reach out to maybe maybe you got a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Finally, baby's first merch. I'm going to plug this one more time. If you want one of these uh, badass stickers, hologram effect and all that, hit me up. Honestly, the next few people who just send me an email saying they want one, I'll mail you out one. So, And here, man, you can have one, too. <laughs> There's stickers? Yeah, yeah. There's only 100 of them. I don't think I'll be printing the exact same one. So somewhat of a collector's item if, the, if it's ever going to matter. I don't know. but <laughs> It's got a cool vibe, though, man. It's like pretty stoner. Now the camera's probably on Mike, so let's actually... This is Mike Rita, everybody. Oh! If you don't I, already I know him, you should. He's a fucking hilarious dude. Oh, man. Tonight, Fresh off of your show tonight. You you crushed it, man, as always. That was a fun show, man. Everybody listening, we did a show here in Ottawa, outside, a couple hundred people. And uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, Ottawa is a strange town, man. It seems like it's going to be boring as hell. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be like... A bunch of uh, government losers, and then you get here, and it is this party town. They're rowdy. There's a bunch of ladies who look like they're going to be Karens, but they're not. They're like party animals. They're drunker than anyone else in the place. Ottawa is a town where the women are for sure drunker than the men a lot of the time. It must be weird getting used to all these outdoor shows, though. <laughs> I'm sure you guys did them once in a while back in the day, but with COVID, it's like that's pretty much the norm now. Honestly, I tried to stay away from comedy during COVID. I hated what comedy was. I hate these like three people outdoor shows or with virtual shows no i did i did two virtual shows and both of them were um i could not say no to the money that was one thing during covid it was that the shows were shit but there was you could make a couple hundred bucks from 10 minutes on a weird corporate to the loblaws like elite you're like i don't want who, what the f-? it's hard to say no to that though yeah when the money's on the table yeah you don't you don't say no no comedy is all about um you, you know you got to be an artist sure but sometimes you got to pay the bill I'm just realizing now we don't got an ashtray. Well, I'll figure something out. I'm, 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 Nathan, I, can you fucking MacGyver I, I, something? Yeah, I was like, I've been a stoner for so long. I'll figure it out. I, I like, should say, yeah, Nathan, your buddy's also here in the studio. He gave you a ride, and he was very funny tonight as well. This guy this guy is more than a ride. I, I Shout out to Nathan Tixeda, who's uh, my touring opening act at the moment. And by, by the moment, I mean at any day, I, he, I could let this off fire oh, him right thank now. thank you, dude. Oh, amazing. Look at that. But uh, okay. <laughs> Nathan Tixeda is a good dude, man. Funny comedian. Uh, but, but, but like even better person, you know, and I, and I mean that in a good way, like I just chill dude to hang out with perfect opening act. No, you guys crushed it tonight. And, uh, like I said, I'm kind of biased cause I've always, uh, I mean, I've considered myself a stoner comedian as well, but I've always gravitated towards that type of humor, which you guys definitely, you know, fit the bill. <laughs> but dude, modern stoner humor is, is something that should like, uh, start catching on with the masses even more now. It used to be like a cool underground scene, like oh, yeah. stoner comedy. But now, like you've seen me do it tonight, there was like people of all ages and stoner comedy hit. Yeah, dude. It's so relatable because people can finally stop hiding in shame that they smoke <laughs> weed. You know? How many people would kind of just keep that shit close to the chest and now they can buy it like at Shoppers or whatever and 
the stigma's gone and it's that's I so important it. so important that's so important man especially for us alleyway smokers <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say i uh you talked about people always bringing you weed being a weed comic and i was a bit of a fanboy when i first met you i would just come to your shows and like have a joint and be like mike can i smoke you after people and still do that i love that that's like the coolest thing no you were always like the nicest dude you never had a fucking you know ego about you or anything you're just super down to earth Oh man, you know, I'm going to tell you what that comes from, from also being a fan of comedy before I was a comedian. So I start comedy when I'm 18, but I was already going to Yuck Yucks at 16 and I would watch the comics and I knew that there was a, a behind the scenes because mm. I would go like, I loved alleyways. So I would always go to the alleyway to watch the comics hang. And I would always pick up like, you know, like, oh my God, these guys, these guys are like really weird people. They're they're genuinely weird. Like John Steinberg wasn't a character. He really was John Steinberg twenty four seven. He when he were smoking a joint with him backstage, he was like, hey, you know, hey, yeah, it's, it's going on. And like, oh my god, this guy's really this person twenty four seven. So to to find out that comedy and comedians lived their own special world only intrigued me more at that age. Yeah, it's very mysterious and alluring for sure. Dude, that's the best thing, man. Like meeting a comic after the show to smoke a joint yeah it's nothing better you just watch this guy kill and now you're smoking a joint with him you're like what <laughs> trust man i've smoked some joints with some of my favorite comics i'm all about that life yeah i smoked tom green on a joint that's on what i'm the saying roof of yuck yucks and that was fucking a memory I'll dude was it the party night were you here for that party night was it that night where he released his whiskey or something that night I know what night you're talking about. No, this is uh, years before that. I wasn't even do. I had never even tried comedy. I was just a big fan. Oh my fan. god! You met Tom Green as a straight up fan, not a comic, yeah, yeah. and smoked the joint. I was like, "Can them? I smoke you on a joint?" He's like, "Yeah, go roll it." And I, I was in the yucks stall, kind of like I, I think the seat was missing or something. So I had to like lean against the stall and make a little, you know, something on my lap. Way to go, druggy. Yeah, well, it definitely felt like one of those moments. Of but course. I was like, Tom Green's waiting for me to roll this joint. Dude, man. Tom Green's chill as hell. People who don't know, man, Tom Green, chill as hell. He truly is a person who is okay with whatever the fuck is going on. He never gets shook. He never gets excited. He just is like in the moment. It's dude. Yeah, tripping. Very zen, bro. He's in. Well, I should. I guess I can say this. I don't know. Hopefully, it's not jinxing it. But uh, he was supposed to come by with Glenn uh this summer and it's been pushed back to the fall now because he just moved and he's, he's living he's on a ranch in. yeah that's what so hopefully that still comes to fruition man that he'll be come a by come man through. if oh, he's yeah. in town trust no doubt no no no. and he, he'll he'll want you to ask him tom green i questions. got so many deep cuts yeah, yeah. i'm saying well i've been talking to glenn for like a year and that's how it started which man. one's glenn glenn humplick you know his uh old sidekick on the show oh yeah 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 that guy he that would guy. always spray milk in his face and shit yeah that guy came around <laughs> to a show one time he was sick Oh, yeah, he's been nothing but nice through emails and stuff. Um, he is nice. He is nice. Trust, I met him in real life once. I want to just say some of your creds that I read online that I didn't know. You were young, one of the youngest uh, touring Yucks comics ever. Ever. I, I got signed by Yuck Yucks at 20 years old. Wow. And, uh, man, you want to know, man, it was a crazy three days of my life, bro. I, I, listen, I won a competition called Cream of Comedy, okay. which was given to the best young comic in Toronto. Um, which is a big fucking city which is a big city and it's one of those little meccas in the country it's like montreal vancouver yeah. toronto kind of thing so when you it was given to you by the second city so it was put on at the second city their alumni would show up some fucking dude i don't know some old second city dude who was like mike myers best friend or some shit was there you know like that kind of stuff and um <laughs> and, and they give you a crazy award so i win this award for best new comic in the city i'm only fucking 20 years old and then i had worked across the street 
from the second city as a construction worker. And for, for weeks, I, as I ranked through this competition, I was going, yo, I'm going to make it to the finals. And if I win, I win $5,000 and I'm going to come the next day and I'm going to quit the job. Damn. And I did it, bro. I fucking oh. came in. I, this guy named Francois I was like, Francois, I'm out, bro. I don't want to fucking work here no more. I told you if I won. He's like, you won? I was like, yeah, and I quit. I'm going to go say bye to everybody. I'm out of here. He's like, finish the day. I'm like, you fucking nuts. I'm out of here. And, uh, <laughs> Yo, how many people like talk about doing shit like that, but never actually? I, bro, I never had a job again. I never got a job again because this is, this is how it all played out. It, it, it all played out because... And not to sound as one of these people, but bro, following your dreams is risky, but it's okay to do because sometimes it actually fucking works. And it's okay to go out and risk it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Who cares? But don't live your life not trying. Yeah. So I went out. I, I try. I tell everybody I'm going to quit my job if I win. I fucking win. Five fucking grand. I'm 20 years old. I'm hot. Okay? I quit my job. Fuck you. My mom and dad snap. I'm like, it's okay. I'm going to make money doing comedy. The next day, I, 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 I start something called Stoner Sundays that goes yes. on to become a fucking decade-long paycheck for me. Every week, sold-out venue, um, and, and it was sold out on, on the back of me hosting the show while high. People would show up and just want to watch me high as fuck ramble on stage yeah. about weird shit, and that was what the show became. I, I did it. Stoner Sundays once. When did I, you? I had been doing comedy for like a few months, and I did really, <laughs> I did really good. I crushed in this competition, so I thought I was like just gonna do amazing. Anyway, did I host? Was I hosting? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't bomb or anything, but I, it certainly gave me some perspective and made me go like, "All right, I didn't bomb, but I certainly didn't do as good as I thought I was going to." Oh my! God. And you crushed. You just talked about like I don't know shrooms or, or yeah, anything. Yeah. Anything you talk about, man. Yeah. You just have such a natural, uh, cool vibe about you. You know. I'm going to tell you something, man. That show allowed me to find my voice. It allowed me to be who I wanted to be without the fear of, of negative judgment. These audience members weren't there to judge me, to hate me. They wanted me to do well. They wanted me to succeed. Mm. If you go out and you watch one of your favorite artists play and they play a lyric wrong or they play a chord wrong, you don't fucking drill them. You just you just pretend like it didn't happen. You just keep rolling yeah. on. That's how I pictured it when I was in doing comedy for these people. If I if a joke bombed, you just kept rolling on because they didn't even care. They wanted the next one. They wanted the next one that was funny. They wanted to connect to the next thing. <laughs> so, so that allowed me to find my voice, find who I was, and it allowed me to be who I am today. Like, I, I do any fucking gig, and I, I still stick as close as I can to the mic reader person that I've built up on stage. Who I am on stage isn't who I am in person. I'm pretty chill in, in person. I'm kind of an introvert. But on stage, I'm one with the audience. We're all together. We're going on this ride. Sure, we're outside. Sure, we're inside. Sure, we're in a basement. Sure, it's fucking leaky. Sure, the music upstairs is loud. Who cares? We're in this together. I'm on stage. You're in the audience. Let's just fucking do it. We're here anyway. You know, we're here for the next 30 minutes. And that kind of attitude allows you to, like, uh, just just find your voice. And I found that in those weed rooms in Toronto. If you feel like you're uh, somewhat of an introvert, do you ever have times where you got to go do a show and you're just like in an introverted mood and you have to like rattle it around and get out of that? Listen, bro, there is nobody known for canceling gigs more than me. I think I heard someone saying this about you on a podcast. That's right, bro. There's no one, no one cancels more than Mike Rita because I can't handle it sometimes. I cannot handle the, uh, and, and again, <laughs> Fedline, some of the biggest shows in this country. I've done Just for Laughs. I've yes, done After yes. Show. I, I can do it. When I need to, but there's been times where even on, on those big nights, like I'll never forget, man, like day two of Just for Laughs, ethnic show, three week run. 
I had so much anxiety that I just stayed in bed all day sleeping. I didn't get out of bed. I didn't go eat outside. You know, you can, it's like the craziest experience. If you just hang in the lobby at Just for Laughs, you run into like your favorite comedians all day. And that's what yeah. I used to do. I'd smoke So much weed. adrenaline and shit. Yeah, dude, yeah. it's the greatest, but I just couldn't do it that your day. Your battery fucking depletes after that. Bro, second day. I, I just sat in bed. I, I'm going to tell you something. Even though I was at Just for Laughs, even though I was part of Ethnic Show, the biggest, the second, or arguably the first or the second biggest show at Just for Laughs. Um, I doubted that I should even be there. Should I, am I, am I good enough to be here? Am I one of these guys? Am I going to be able to perform like, okay, sure, I killed the first night, but the first night you're running on adrenaline. I have three weeks of this shit. Yeah. I, I have like 36 shows in 18 nights. Am I going to be able to do this every fucking night? And bro, you, you, you know, first week goes by, you do it. Second week goes by, you do it. And now you stop doubting yourself. Now you're like, I'm killing up here with these big American comedians every night. I can do it. If I lived in America, I'd be smashing in their comedy clubs the same way that I smash here. And now you start believing in yourself. And now you start, man, if you don't think I can, when I do a show like tonight, I think about Just for Laughs. I think about how I was able to block out everything and just give the audience everything I could for that little half an hour every night. And that a show like tonight ain't no thing because I've, I, I I've hit the grand slam with the bases loaded yeah. for the walk-off. The stakes are nowhere near like the same. The stakes aren't the same, bro. Yeah. But if you bring the same intensity internally, they don't know the difference. Yeah. They don't know that I'm acting like they're just for laughs. They're just happy to like, wow, this guy's coming out here and just killing. Yeah. This guy's really bringing it. But they don't know that I'm trying to kill for them the same way that I killed for the million dollar audience. Well, you seem so natural. And I think it's just like you feel like you're just watching your friend, you know, that you would hang out with. Like it's, it's just that like down to earth vibe that I think is is the best quality for a comic to have that relatability where instantly it's just like your your cool uncle or some shit you know like i don't mean that's a weird analogy no man that's like, the fucking thing though that's what you even your favorite comic acts like they they they, they hate that they're on stage like a louis ck always acts like he's exhausted to be there like i can't believe i'm here yeah, like, yeah. chris rock is like i can't believe i gotta be here again to say this shit like it's almost <laughs> like they all gotta act like they don't want to be there but they're really happy that we're all here together it's just the way that comedy works it's it's, it's like so it's like subconscious self-deprecation <laughs> you know um, oh yeah it's so weird to talk about comedy in this kind of way but you do know what i'm saying because yeah you do comedy so it's like i do yeah i'm, I'm not just talking to a host about this stuff you, you truly do understand comedy yeah. in that weird level man i i think i do comedy enough to to relate to what you're talking about well, you just want a fucking like competition what are you in the semis or something yeah semis. <laughs> Yo, see that's yeah. so what i'm saying i was a comic who was in the semis once that's how it works you, you you get a little ahead each time here's the thing though i've been in the semis before and uh i talk about this on the show a lot but i i such an intermittent comedian because i get distracted by other art forms and i'll go like write like a legit serious song all of a sudden or like or plus, sometimes i'm just being a dad for a while like i got three kids so you know i just it doesn't bug me if I stop the momentum. And every time I come back, I still do like pretty decent at least. So, and, and, it, and it feels good. I'm not trying to say that to like be like, dude, cocky that's or art. Shit. That's how but art works though. Because... It builds up and I got to get it out. And then I get it out. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good for a while. And I know that's not dedication. And, and I respect the shit out of the people who really hustle and grind because I don't think I have that in me maybe. Or maybe I just have too much responsibilities and shit going on that like. Bro, having a lot of responsibility and still finding time to do what you do. I mean, 
people listening, you guys don't know this right now, but it's like fucking one in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's I one in the love morning. Late night podcast, though. dude. We're They're recording after a comedy show. It's midnight. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still gonna go get McDonald's. I got a boogie at like five in the fucking morning to make it back to my house by nine, so my wife can like make it to work. Dude, my dog's getting spayed. I gotta drop her off at eight fifteen. <laughs> I'm not even making that shit up, but. I would not pass up an opportunity to chat with you, man. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to do this, to do this man. Honestly, this is the truth, man. When you see some of the people that you've had on your podcast, who am I to say no to this fucking podcast? <laughs> am I better than George Stravalopoulos? Am I better than Biff Naked? When you were like, hey, it was an honor for you to ask me. I was like, oh, shit. Yo, you, this guy just had like Fred Penner on. This guy just had like Sublime, like Bradley Knoll's wife, yo. Sister. Sister, sister. This was actually kind of even more fucked up. Cause like, man. Childhood stories and shit. Oh, pretty, man. Pretty fucking insane, man. That was a, a crazy interview for me. Anybody who loves Sublime knows how like family oriented Bradley was, him and his father, how his father took him on trips to Jamaica when he was young. Yeah, that's where that he got changed the reggae him. bug. Yeah. That's right, man. Yeah, that's dude. where he gets that reggae bug, man. Oh, dude, it was so crazy to be able to just ask anything. That I yeah, what was wondered. he like as a kid, man? What, yeah. what, like what, when he was a teenager, was he really shit? And she's the nicest person ever, too. But anyway, you were saying all this nice stuff about me, but it's still very easy to um, think the other way about it. And I've done that many times because I'll put up an episode and I'll grind and like edit, especially when I didn't know what I was doing, spend hours, sometimes whole days trying to fix some problem <laughs> or whatever. And then it's like 47 views like six months later, you know, and I'm like, oh, I did this for those people. But... You can't have that, you know, mindset because no way, man. It's always going to be out there now on the internet. People will fucking find it, and if they don't, I still got so many cool experiences doing this show already. So there's something bigger in life than views, yes. and it's the enjoyment of creation. Yes, but this is something that has slipped through the cracks of society. The enjoyment of creation. Once upon a time, you just wrote a fucking song. Yeah, because you just wanted to write some fucking songs. Yeah, you didn't think that I did. 3,000 people to see this. No. It, it would be like, I wrote a song, and when we're around the fire, hey, Bill, play that song about you growing up, and that song's nice. And you'd just be like, well, that was a child. You know, and you just <laughs> fucking... The enjoyment of creation and sharing is something that is, like, it's way skewed nowadays. It's like, a, it's like the enjoyment of creation is teeny, and the uh, the enjoyment of sharing has to be the thing that is, like, focused on. You have to... Dude, you got to share it with a million people, man. You're not viral to a million people, man. Fuck that. Fuck fucking that. I make weed reviews, and I get like, if I'm ha if I get like a thousand views, I'm so fucking happy. That's yeah. my life. I'm like sick. A thousand people saw me talk about weed, and I never picture it as an internet audience. I picture it as a, an audience in a room. Mm. Can you imagine a thousand people in a room? Just watch you talk about some shit, and they all fucking enjoyed it. Or some of them didn't, you know, just like in real life. No, but visualize it. That's actually really cool. Yeah. You know how much fucking 300 people is to listen? Like, Well, and for the record, yeah, I don't really give a shit either. I have such a good time just nah, having nah, these nah. conversations. But For I, the record, off the record, George has been <laughs> off the record, on the record. This no. happens a lot. People call me George. I, I've been calling you a George all day. I know it's Oliver George. Yeah, yeah. It's but George is the better name <laughs> because Oliver George doesn't... Honestly, you have a double name. No, it's my middle name, George. What's your fucking... What? My, my last name is Riley. You have a lot of good names. How the fuck? I have a really Irish name. You're Oliver, not, you, Oliver George Riley. Dude, you cannot be going by Oliver. Like a leprechaun. You got to be going by George Riley. George Riley sounds like a world famous director. Hey, Oliver George that? gets me the OG initials at least. Oh. Right? Oh. <laughs> I, I retract. I got Darren Frost actually. That's what he wrote on there from one OG to another. I got a pack of papes. <laughs> I brought my touring pack of papes with me. 
And that's what I'm going to leave here. We're, I'm going to sign it. And yes, I'm please. It. Whatever you want to put up on the wall. Yeah, man. yeah. You were like, I was like, oh, what am I going to bring? Something that's like <laughs> representative of me on the road. I have, well, some uh, people just doodle something when they're here. Like, tell I them just, to shut up. I like the energy of just leaving a piece of you behind to, you know, add to it. <laughs> I leave my papes and then tomorrow I just, hey, guys, in Ottawa, stuck without papes. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> now, Ottawa's got lots of headshots. You were talking about the weed reviews, though. I did watch a few of those. And where did you get the idea to do that? Listen, man, a company that I know found out that you can write off marijuana if you use it in the fucking production of something <laughs> so they were like look man we can produce low cost videos we just need you to come in the studio and smoke the weed and i was like yeah <laughs> and i want you to Dream know something true. they did not we did not talk about money i just was happy that i was going to get a bunch of free weed get to smoke it on camera make a fun little bunch of videos content is, is good and anytime someone's willing to help you make some content for nothing let's do it yeah so it, it, shout out to macaw studios this is the best part of this whole fucking thing. We never talked any money. And then like a day before Christmas, they sent me like a couple grand. Oh shit. And I was like, what's this for? And they're like, for the videos, man. Thanks so much. And I cried because I was <laughs> broke, dude. And I was like, oh my God. I, this is a true story, man. I was in the kitchen with my wife and we had some guests over and I started crying. She's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm like, we just got some money in the bank. I can't believe what the fuck's happening. And McCall had sent me some money and she's like, get it together, you fucking nut. <laughs> we have guests over right now. And I'm like, you're right, you're right. I just gotta get it together. And I had to like leave the room because I just was overwhelmed, man. And it was one of these things where you're like, I thought I was doing this for free. The fact that I got paid anything, let alone, like I can remember, I think it was like $2,000. Now that doesn't sound like a lot crazy amount of money. No, it was. When you need it, man, yeah. Dude. And the universe is just... Like putting Bro. that puzzle piece yeah. in. Yeah, like, okay, obviously, you know, it's not like fucking 20 grand for like a TV contract or something. Yeah, yeah. But the idea, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to take the. No, no, not even, man. But yeah, you know, it's okay. Sorry, man. I get off track with these you, fucking. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stop rolling these cannons, bro. Um, We're going to get all zappy, though. We're going to just be talking bacon like I did tonight. You love me, bacon. I noticed in some of the reviews, though, you don't fuck around. Like, you you speak your mind and you'll trash these strains if they're garbage. Oh, man. Some of them are bad, though. Oh, I know. And, and yeah. the thing is, one time I had a guy call me out on my comments. He's like, dude, I tried one of the strains that you promoted. And I was like, I did not promote it. I reviewed it. These aren't like promotions like and i gave the fucking weed a 7.2 and on the legal market like not compared to weed overall compared to legal market weed i stand by it i was like yeah that weed was like a seven and this guy drilled me you fucking shouldn't promote this kind of i was like i'm not promoting it i'm reviewing it so you can literally know if the weed is good or not i have a bunch of reviews of tens why the fuck didn't you go buy some of the tens and he didn't he bought some seven weed and he gave me shit <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. A seven weed is easily like actually a three, on, on the grand scale of weed, because ah, I don't mean to trash these LPs anymore. <laughs> but the first couple years of weed grown in Canada legally, garbage, garbage. Only because legislation written did not allow them to bring in craft growers. So anybody who had a, like a fucking actual idea of how to grow good weed was left out of the legal market they were just bringing in agriculturists or people who worked with like fucking you know plants like tomatoes or lettuce but not people who had grown weed like yeah weed, weed is, is a very unique plant dude yeah. you actually need someone who's a weed growing guy there's a per there's people who are they just know everything uh, the root structure here is weak the reason oh, is yeah. you're getting like a fungal you need those it's kind a of lifestyle people. to know all that yeah shit. I, I grew once uh in the backyard and 
they got like one of them was like seven feet tall. I had to start bending it because it was getting over the fence height. I you got to top it, you fucking stoner. Oh no! I, well, I had tried doing that a couple of times, but it was just growing like crazy. Like it was. That's actually it was a like kind a of tree. Sick. It was I know like a fucking weed tree. I'm At not the end of the joking. day, that's pretty sweet. I called it She Hulk. <laughs> but uh dude at the end man i tried to fucking cut it down here and i never really done that i don't i might it have is had not gloves, a joke dude Dude, i got sick i couldn't even smell weed for like three days because it was just so i did wet this weed, window man. that was it wet weed will fuck you up the resin alone you start getting that shit on your fingers then you rub your eyes or you you, you leave it on your skin it'll like burn you yeah i threw a lot of it out because i had like a bud rot in a couple spots too because i didn't know shit really i was like oh it's, it's, not it's even... growing good and then the rainy season comes in the fall and i didn't like it's called it powder mildew and it'll like fuck yeah, you up if you don't the... know oh it was nasty man so we, we we have some of that on some of my plants and then i just know so many growers that when you send them like a message okay what do i do with powder mildew they all got their own cool way of dealing with it. Like, spray some milky water. <laughs> You're like, what? And one guy was like, spray milky water. You'll be surprised. I was surprised it fucking destroyed it. Sick. But how, do you, how do you know who to believe when four people are telling you their own? Like, all of this shit works because they are, bro, people have been like smoking and, and growing weed for so long now on such a grand scale that there's so many secret little tricks. I, man, this year was my first big outdoor grow, and I'm probably going to get pretty decent weed. And I just, all, all because I just keep asking people a whole long way, what do I do here? What am I going to do here? Give nutrients there. Yeah, give nutrients here. Give water then, blah, blah, blah. Dude, you can... Yo, that, the that, the nutrients shit. were a nightmare. I found, I thought I had it all figured out. And then there was some point where I was supposed to pull back the whatever fucking chemical and all my shit wilted in like one day. All the yeah, I know. And it's, dude, weed is so sensitive. One day of yeah. something wrong and it's fucked. I had too much rain for three days where I live. And the and it drowned pretty much my roots, so my my plant wilted for a week, dude. I, I I literally this is a true story. I thought of killing my plants, just straight up like not trying to restore those. Like fuck you, I can't have people come over and see this. This is embarrassing. I'm yeah. Mike Rita. I smoke weed all day. People show up and I have wilting plants with garbo nugs. Well, I found it went from being this like serene. I was like, yo, gardening. I get it. I had like all these good times at the beginning when it was growing well and I thought it was really like zen and then boom, as soon as something went wrong, it became like an anxiety situation and I was it like, is. I don't want to grow these anymore. Yeah, you got to be on top of your shit, man. Um, yo, okay. I uh, Since you're a proud weed comic, I, ha I had some questions I want to ask you. I did Shoot. this thing way back before I had this channel. I did one video where I was like a man on the street thing at Parliament Hill. I love man on the street stuff. I, I would love to do more of that. And uh, these were some of the questions I asked those people. So I was going to ask you the same ones and see what you think. They're all stoner questions. Um, if you could name your own strain of weed, what would you call it and why? Mr. Weed. <laughs> And the reason I would call it Mr. Weed is because Mike Rita initials MR, Mike Rita is weed. Mr. Weed. Oh, shit. That's pretty clever. That's it, man. I don't even have to think twice about that. No, I, yeah, I already I have, have like, one uh, in the chamber. I have one in the chamber, man, because I think about merch, and I think it would be really funny to sell secret merch, <laughs> like some weed after the show. Like, just straight up sell weed. Like, I sell weed after the show. It's part of my merch. It's <laughs> Mr. Weed uh, strain. Called, it's just called Mr. Weed. It's Mike Rita weed. That would be amazing, dude. I think you'd sell out every fucking night. Dude, I would, man. I think about it. If I told the audience, yo, I have my own strain of weed that has been grown professionally 
It's a unique strain. You can get it right now. Blah blah blah. People would pay, man. Imagine you sold like half ounces for like you know a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's like a cheap a half ounce, but it would be sweet, man. People would fucking eat it up. That's always been my limit when I go to the stores and I see like anything near ten dollars a gram. I'm like, I can't do high school prices. Who the fuck do you think I am? Yeah. Fucking ludicrous. God damn. Three point five. They want forty five bucks. I'm like, uh, what? This That's twenty five to thirty dollars. All right, legal market. That's very funny, man. Um, okay, who would you rather smoke with, Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, or Seth Rogen? For sure, without question, I want to smoke with uh, Snoop Dogg. Okay, Willie Nelson is a close second. Okay. Like, we're literally talking about, if you caught me on a different day, and I had been listening to On the Road again a bunch, and like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it would have probably been Willie Nelson, you know? Like, you know. I feel like Seth Rogen, you have a legit chance of smoking with, so I, I get why you didn't pick him, man. Dude, you probably see him at Jeff just for laughs or something. Yeah, okay, quick. I, I did see Jeff, Seth Rogen at just for laughs. He was there one year for roast battles, and he was one of the judges. <laughs> I could hear him still in my head. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was pretty funny, man. Okay, so he's one of the judges at roast battle, and man, this is gonna sound so industry, but man, as a comic, you get to go backstage, you get to meet people, you you get to go to the parties. And uh, Seth Rogen was there that night, man. He was hanging out with fucking Jeff Ross and Kate Trevor Wilson was there. And it was, you know, you, uh, you know, like, <laughs> you seem surreal. He's dude, like, to hear his laugh in real life yeah, in the same room. I can imagine. Pretty cool shit, man. I got a quick other one more story. Tommy Chong's the same. You got to interview Tommy. So, you know, when Tommy talks, what he's talking like when you, he talks normally is, is the stoner voice. When people are like, Whoa, hey, man, yeah. what's going on? Man. That yeah, is. Really I used to be able to do it. Dude, you just did a pretty good one. I'm not even going to lie. I stopped Ooh, talking. man. Thanks for coming by, man. That's exactly Whoa. it. That's Looking, really yes. good. Yeah. I've practiced that a couple times, but. But that's who he is. When I got to work with him, he, he watched me kill. And then when I came off stage, we were all hanging backstage. He started flirting with my wife. Dude, Tommy Chong, straight <laughs> up. That surprised me. He was so cool. Listen, man, he was, and Danielle loved it. She You're thought like, it was I'm so funny. Allow it. <laughs> well, allow it. This is the greatest story ever. I got off stage. I mean, not interject or whatever, yeah. But he was like, I got off stage, and he and I was like, hey, Tommy, this is my girlfriend. She's my wife now, but at the time, she's my girlfriend. I was like, hey, Tommy, this is my girlfriend, Danielle. And he's like, hey, man, you were you were funny. I didn't know you were that funny, man. What the hell is, is your <laughs> wife, man? How funny are you, man? And I was like, oh, my God. Tommy Chong's like roasting me right now. He's flirting my wife. And, uh, yeah, man, he, he gave her, like, a nice hug. When he took the picture, man, like, he oh, just, just, just the nicest, coolest dude. He didn't smoke weed that night because was, he was performing and blah, blah, blah. And he, he literally was like, I'm an old man, man. I can't be smoking. My throat will dry up, man. I got edibles, though. You want some? And I was like, yeah. I don't even like edibles. Yeah, who's going to say no? Tommy Chong's edibles. True story, man. I kept those edibles for years, and then one day I just couldn't find them anymore. Oh, but shit. I kept them. Tommy Chong's edibles were in my house, man. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah he is a really, I... I Asked him when I interviewed him pretty much right away, like, yo, it's almost 420, you want to smoke digitally with me? And yeah, he he even said he wasn't supposed to be doing it or something. Yeah, he, he doesn't smoke too much anymore because he gets so old. He's 83, yeah. He's fucking 83. Hey, man, it hurts my lungs. No, he was hilarious, man. Very, He's very so easy nice. guy to talk to. Dude, I got to, yeah, I got to interview him live, man. It was here in Ottawa. Carlton? No. That's pretty awesome. Was it? Damn, oh, man. I don't know what the fuck university it was anymore. But yeah, they, they called me. Man, 
one more quick industry story. I'm at my <laughs> barbershop when I got the call. I'm trying to light this cigar, so it's all good. And uh, I'm, <laughs> so imagine this. You're at the barbershop, okay? Me and all the homies, we're all talking shit. The barber just introduced me to the other barber. Said, this guy's a stand-up comedian. You know, this guy's, this guy's my greeter. And the guy's like, no, no. I'm like, oh. you got to go through that whole thing. The guy doesn't know who you are. And now, I don't know. now you seem like an asshole. <laughs> Bro, but like five minutes into my haircut, one of my agents calls me. He's like, hey. Do you want to open for Tommy Chong? You get to interview him too. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it pays shit though, no gas. I'm like, is there a hotel? They're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I swear to God, it was just like that. I don't know. But do you want to do it if if if, if it's got like it's got a little bit of money? I was like, sure, okay, we'll do it. I had to drive out the next day, Ottawa. And uh, yeah, we did some fucking. I don't know what we did, Ottawa, you know. Okay, well, you did touch on not liking edibles, so that brings me back to a question I wanted to ask you. I wanted you to rank joints, pipes, bongs, edibles. Edibles on the bottom. And did I miss one? Joints, pipes, bongs? Uh, Vapes. Vapes, vapes. I like my vape. It's all right. When we're playing board games inside, we don't like fucking... Edibles on the bottom, followed closely by pipe. But also pipe is very useful. Yeah. At the top quick, of usefulness yeah, yeah, is yeah. pipe, you know. But the one that I personally enjoy pipes near the bottom. Only pipe because destroys so your fucking neck yeah, or your throat, rather. It just wrecks you, bro. If you're yeah. not used to doing pipes, you're just done for. Yeah, dude. Okay, so pipe is pipe and edibles are at the bottom. Near the top, though, we're going to go bong and we're going to go joint as number one and two close. A 1A and 1B. Bong is, is higher than joint for you? Yeah, because I smoke a large bong at home. Shit. Because I have, a, like, you have kids. Yeah. So my daughter is in the playroom most days. So I can't be going outside a lot because she'll follow me. And in the wintertime, that shit doesn't work, you know? So I just started getting used to doing, like, bong hits in a fan. And the fan would be it's pointed efficient. out. <laughs> and that's yeah. it, man. Or do you do dabs and shit? Shatter and all that? Uh, yeah, I have my, uh, I have, uh, I can't remember the name of it, my Puffco. And it's like a little portable bong unit. So you just charge it overnight. And in the morning, it lasts like one day. Because, you, you know, you had like fucking a couple dabs throughout the day. Man, I go to the park and I get high right in front of the other parents. I don't give a shit. You know, and they like it. They don't, they don't. At first, I think they used to judge me. Then they'd realize that like I'm a pretty funny dude or something because the parent that is talking to me is fucking dying. Well, you're very likable. I don't think anyone really wants to start beef with you because you seem so friendly. Man, I'm a nice dude. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. trying to fuck around. I'm just smoking some weed. And, uh, <laughs> but because, you know, you know, listen, this is a true story, man. I will turn it on if I have to in public. Like, because normal people aren't ready for a stand-up comedian's brain in a normal conversation. Like, you can just turn on funny in a normal conversation. If you can read the, like, not the audience, but if you can read the person and read that they're a laugher and they're, they're, they'll get loose if you say the right thing at the right time, you just got to hit it. Man, I'll, I'll get, like, moms and dads at the park going and all I'm doing is roasting the kids in the fucking... Meanwhile, like, you're smoking a joint yeah, like two oh, feet from yeah, their Dude, I'm, I'm actually... I, another true thing that I do, I, I take 20 big steps from the edge of like the, the play medium. So wherever the sand or wherever the fuck the playground ends, and it goes from playground to grass or playground to like road, I'll take about 20 steps. Most people, don't, they get what I'm doing. They get how far I'm going. They get that I'm, you know... I'm also a great dad. I'm, I'm playing with my kid before I smoke. I make sure to show them that I'm a good dad and that I'm not just some guy like showing up, dropping off his kid and getting high in the corner. Yeah. So I play with the kid, act like a fucking, yo, go down the slide, I got you. Hey, no worries, kids, I got you. And then I'll just go smoke my joint. They're like, that goddamn pothead dad was so nice. It's hard to, yeah. it's hard to hate me, bro. Subconsciously, I do shit. Did you see my jump, dad? You're like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, dude, I, I come loaded to the park. Little one papers that I can finish off in like a minute or two but that are just fucking always the dankest weed, so they stink. 
But see, this is interesting to me because you were doing comedy before you had a kid. You. And you had a kid before or after weed was legalized? After, right? My kid comes out in 2017. So we So around the same time. Around the same time. Okay. She comes out and then the next year it's like... So when I first started uh, dabbling in comedy was around 2015. And I knew I wanted to do like stoner jokes and stuff. But I also remember being really paranoid about like sharing it on YouTube. Because I was thinking like, mm. oh, someone's going to call CAS and... But I remember seeing you at uh, Stoner Sundays and realizing, like, most people don't give a flying fuck about trying to intervene with... Or, or they don't even know, because you're on stage and you're telling jokes and all that. So, like, you could be fabricating it all. That's the other aspect I never really thought about. You know, I got I used to get warned sometimes about laying off the weed stuff when I had a kid. Yeah. And uh, I used to be like, what the fuck? I'm going to lean into it now. I'm a fucking pothead dad. This is a whole new angle, you fucking idiots. You guys not understand how branding works? You don't, you don't step off the branding. You, you, you lean into it. But um, being a pothead dad never scared me, man, because I grew up in a world of alcoholic dads. Yes. All that's my, like, uh, no one says shit about that. What are you fuck? Yeah, my dad was smashed all the time when I was a kid. And nobody says shit because he isn't a loud drunk. He's a quiet drunk. He's just sitting there watching TV. He just smashed, taking a nap. Fucking, you know, <laughs> one in the afternoon. It's like, it's one. Yeah, it was a big lunch. Sure it was. That smashed. But that, that that's the, my dad's such a great person that it, didn't, it never affected anybody because he wasn't a mean drunk or anything like that. Do you know what I'm saying? But still, at the same time, it's like, buddy, you it's can... not the best example necessarily either, yeah. Yeah, it's not the best example because you're like, oh, I'll call it's not shit. a healthy lifestyle. Well, he just never was there then. Mentally, he was just never there. With, with weed, it's actually the opposite. This is a, a fact about pot when it comes to being a parent. That you can smoke some weed and just go like kind of zone into being more of a kid with your kid. Mm. I can smoke a J, go sit with my kid and and do doll voices for like an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know why. Or you're like, let's play fucking Legos, dude. Dude, my favorite thing is the uh, we have a we have like a like a plastic swing in the backyard. But it's one that has it's from when she was a baby, but she still fits in it, and you can strap her in. Okay. And I take all the other swings off, and it's just that swing in the middle, and I will fucking launch her, bro. <laughs> launch her to the point where the swing loses its like uh, like tightness in the rope, and it clumps down, yeah. and then comes back around, and I'll toss her again. And uh, that's probably my favorite thing, because she goes to school in a couple weeks, and I have been tossing her all over with the fucking swing, and just hearing her be like, ah, whoa, you're like, nice, you know? Probably fucks up her little back or something. I don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with that shit. Kids get wrecked, man. She's going to school like kindergarten for the first time. Yeah. She must be about the same age as my youngest because we're. I'm keeping him. I'm going to do junior kindergarten where I'm just teaching him letters, numbers, and I'm going to take him to the museum and have like real hands-on learning. Because I mean, that'll probably Delta's actually be gonna better, come. honestly. Well, and they wanted us to decide back in like January if you want to enroll your kid. And we oh, didn't know. You, man. you never know with this fucking pandemic. If I have to do the online learning with my fucking kid after four years of being a stay-at-home dad, I swear. Online to fuck. kindergarten seems pointless as fuck. There's no way that that's real. Like, I, well, I maybe. Can I? I I'll, I'll opt out of it. I'll fuck it. I'll be like, yeah, my kid's here. We're just we just have our screen on silent, and I'm long gone. I'm getting high in the park again. <laughs> back to the swings. Back to the swings. Um, yo, would you uh, rather get high with Batman or Superman? Oh, for sure, Superman. Batman ain't got what? shit. Okay, I asked people this, and they said, one guy said Batman's got the dark-ass cave <laughs> to chill in. Kind of a cool pad. Whatever. You don't think Superman could just punch out some billionaire, and now we're just fucking hanging in some billionaire's <laughs> pad? We just flew in a buddy's backyard in the but Bahamas. But would he do that? Superman's like a Boy Scout, right? 
Would he be fun <laughs> to hang out with, or would he be a fucking wiener the whole time? Would, would he even smoke weed? He's a boy scout. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, you're right. Some okay. kryptonite So if, if we're going to be, like, yeah. You yeah, can light your joints porn. with his eyes, though. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Yeah, and, like, you hold on to his cape, and you just fly around. It's hilarious. You're like, well, yo, this is my ex. Fly by her. Give her a quick... He's <laughs> like, you know, loses an arm. Oh, my arm. <laughs> Man, Superman or Batman? You know, honestly, I said Superman off the top because I just like, oh yeah, he flies and shit. But if he's not gonna be smoking the weed and he's just gonna be a tight ass the whole time, I, it's gotta be Batman because Batman looks like like yeah, he's got some trauma. Yeah, I'll, I'll fucking hit that joint. And he looks be like yeah. dark humor for sure. Yeah, hey, he's gotta be to still be going after all the shit he's been through. <laughs> knock knock, who's there? Not my parents. <laughs> not my mom. Um, yeah. What I asked this one dude that same question, and he said Superman because Batman's just gonna complain the whole time about his dead parents, and it was one of the funniest parts of the whole video. Um, yeah. What's the best munchie in your opinion? Best munchies, not food wise. No food. Yeah, for sure. Like if you're stoned and it's time to eat, what's Mike Rita eating? Top three, or whatever. Just like what's your favorite munchie? Okay, top three is easier. Just go to your them. soul. You know, okay, just, for sure. Obviously, you know, if we're being honest, it's got to be pizza. Pizza, yo. Okay, anytime I'm high and somebody wants to eat pizza, I'm always down. There's also <laughs> a second one that owns my soul. Any fast food burger is a good burger when I'm high. You want Wendy's? Pff, love Wendy's. You like A and W? Fucking best burger in the world. You like McDonald's? You fucking right. Childhood favorite. <laughs> they all all fulfill the need. Do when you I'm actually high. have a favorite burger joint? Oh yeah, like indie burgers. It's probably gonna be Burgers Priest in Toronto. Yeah, we just got that here. Did you? Yeah, yeah, it's Dude, fucking good. It's, I've had it a couple times. It's good, I got man. the jalapeno Mexican, whatever Whatever you get, it so it's going to be great, man. Yeah. Burger's Priest is fucking sick. Yeah. Okay, so indie place, Burger's Priest, big place. Like, if we're going fast food, it's McDonald's because it's all reliable. I've had McDonald's at, like, all you over the world. You know what it's going to taste like, yeah. <sighs> all reliable, baby. The recipe's baby. been the same. What time is it? Four in the morning? We're in the middle of nowhere? Google a McDonald's. It's, it's open. <laughs> you know, it's open as fresh. Yo, man, um, I know you had an album called Child of the 90s. Yo. You're born, what, 1990? 1990, baby. I'm 85, I'm 85. I know you were somewhere around But me. you're also a child of the 90s at that point. Oh, I yes, for sure. If we're yeah. being honest. 95, I was 10. Yeah, so, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, Same cartoons that I grew up to like. You are, you're already liking the season one. Yeah. You well, what's your top 90s cartoons? If we're, 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 I know these are all just like trivia questions. But, but I like I, it. I want to pick uh, your brain, yeah. It's, okay, like top 90s cartoons i know uh, you mentioned arthur in some of your jokes yeah arthur stuff like that i love or like 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 you grew up in ontario so yeah did yeah, you have yeah. tvo yeah Psh, anything a polka dot door and all that shit all that kind of stuff oh, i loved canadiana bro yeah mr dress up Canadi mr dress up uh man camp caribou for all the really fucking oh, yeah. deep the raccoons you remember that show the yeah raccoons. man rac it literally just called the raccoons <laughs> yeah. they got a little more creative with that shit <laughs> Dude, the stripy tail, oh fuzzy guys, and the, uh, the the enemies. What were they like? Ant eaters or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, purple ant eaters. <laughs> Babar. That was a weird show. Yeah, Babar. Babar. Oh shit! You remember the Smoggies? Yeah, of course, bro. The oh, Canadian dude. knockoff of fucking uh... Captain Planet, kind of. Like at least in theme, it was all environmental. How like, funny is that? The Smoggies or Smoogies? They were just these dirty fucking white trash people in a little tugboat, and they were like the villains because they didn't have any money. <laughs> I think they were assholes too. I don't really remember, but 
The small, and then the other guys, I don't even remember what they were. They're were like little Care Bear type people. Or everybody, well, if we're talking positive. Care Bears, Care Bears. I don't know if that was that American too, or do we, was that just Canadian? I don't know. I would say that one was American. It was huge. That was huge, right? Yeah. Care Bears. They had they movies had and shit. And yeah, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. They had no. merch. Where's the merch? <laughs> Care Bear merch. Man, if we're gonna go deep cuts like in '90s shit, like man, there's so many cool fucking. Oh, like Arthur's a good one. Arthur's a good one because it truly was a show about nothing. It's just nothing. Yeah. What the fuck is Arthur about? Weird hybrid animal people. That's what I'm saying. With animals. They had cats. They had dogs. Weird. That's the part that weirded me they out. They had hamsters. Why it's like, bunny, what? Bunny guy wearing jeans. It was just Here the, comes Baxter. Here comes Buster. <laughs> Buster. Yeah, that was his name. And that big, dumb guy, Binky. <laughs> Binky Barnes. Shout out to Binky Barnes, 96. The original. Um, anyways, I, I wanted to bring this up because I know you're a huge Simpsons fan. Mm -hmm. Something we share in common. My mask is Simpsons. My I mom, am a Simpsons nerd, man. Um, so this is another kind of one of these questions, but I really want to know the answer to this. Which three characters from The Simpsons influenced you the most comedically? Wow, honestly, that's... Dude, dude, off the top of my head, number one has got to be Duffman. Duffman? <laughs> dude. Not expecting that. He's like listen, a D-lister. Dude, heavy D-lister. Whoa, boom, boom. Dude, that whole Duffman, Duffman, Duff Duff <laughs> uh, Duff oh no, Duffman, Duffman, Duff just got divorced. Dude, that He's whole like self-deprecating, like lunatic, like, all right, who's ready to party? I, dude, that when I was a kid, even to this day, dude, I love that song. Oh. Yeah, the Ferris Bueller. Yeah, 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 exactly, dude. <laughs> that song, dude. <laughs> Duff man. All right, that's Duff man. What else you got? Okay, most you like self. I was gonna say self-deprecating Moe's gotta oh, be the next man. one. Most Sislak's lines, his character, his framed noose, emergency the fact noose that he's been calling Marge Midge <laughs> for like thirty seasons, and they still have that joke running. It's it, listen here, Midge. Dude, listen, image is like, man, uh, you give him one of these, like, there's so many funny Mo lines. So many episodes about his ugliness, too. Uh, oh, man. When he, like, betrays Homer. And, and flaming Moe's. Dude, yeah. so fucking That's much. classic. That is a classic. Love Mo. Okay. Um, there's one, one more. more. Yeah, you got to have another. Yeah, there's so many great ones, Okay, it's Honestly, one of my favorite characters, and this is so fucking random, bro. But it's Krusty the Clown's dad. Okay, Horisho Kostrovsky. <laughs> Horisho Kostrovsky is the kid, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I know, I, yeah. Okay. The rabbi. Yeah, the rabbi. And it, it, I can't remember. It was the little Jewish guy who's his voice. Fuck, man. I can't remember. It's not Mel Brooks, is it? No, man. For some reason, I thought it might have been. I know exactly the character you're talking about. Listen, man, you want to hear something crazy? While we're talking, I'll tell this story quick, and then I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up Krusty the Clown's dad so we can remember. He... In the show, Krusty the Clown's dad does not uh, Krusty the Clown dad. Sorry, I can't do both at the same time. I can do a Krusty, uh, his sigh. That's his only thing. It's pretty good. Yeah. Listen, I can't do, okay, I can't wait, do his voice. With the microphone on. Okay. What? No, what? What? My son. My son. My son. My son. I can't ever, dude. It <laughs> I is have a, no son. Was it, he was My son. I have no son. Him. Yeah. My son. A, my son. A comedian. In my house. But, uh, okay, Jackie Mason is the dude who oh, does the voice. Oh, he just died, didn't he? I, I don't know. He I might probably be messing did. that up, but I'm pretty sure he just died. He, yeah, my dad's nodding. Uh, he Jackie Mason shit. just died, eh? Listen yeah. to this crazy story, man. Jackie Mason plays that character, and in the show, he does not like that Krusty is a comedian. 
in real life, his daughter wanted to be a comedian, and he fucking denounced it. He like, hmm. my, my daughter, not a comedian. She's not going to be a comedian under my name. I'm Jackie Mason. She's yeah, not yeah. going to be a, a comedian <laughs> of the Mason family. She's not like Mimi Mason or something like that. Listen to this crazy story. She came to my show on Stoner Sundays, and she had been drinking, and she fucking bombed, bombed. And I remember being like, oh, my God. Jackie Mason's daughter is bombing on my show right now. This is like the craziest shit. If you told me when I was a kid, when I was like in high school and I was geeking out on comedy and I was learning about like Mort Saul and the Hungry Eye and, and comedy in the, in, in the 60s and late 50s and, 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 you know, like, and you had told me that someday, fucking, not Jackie Mason, but Jackie Mason's daughter would show up to my weekly show, drunk out of her mind and bomb. <laughs> I would like, I'd just be like, what? This, what life am I living? The Jackie- Alternate reality. Dude, show. it yeah. just was so weird. And it was so cool. I can't remember her name, Mimi, BB, Didi, fucking something like that. <laughs> Didi Mason or something. She showed up, I brought her up. Nobody knew who she was. She's like, I'm Jackie Mason's daughter. <laughs> she was like that, I swear to God. <laughs> my daughter, a comedian, not in my house. Dude, that, that's a spot on impression. It gets better when I'm not high. Like the if, fact Ed, that you had such wicked Simpsons answers does not surprise me. Though. I knew you were a real fan. Yeah, that, I don't know why I chose so many weird like. That's people, great. But, that's yeah. deep cuts, though. Like, <laughs> man, there's so many honorable mentions, though. Like for me, Frank is in there for sure. Well, even <laughs> yeah, you had your chance. Yeah, oh, man, do our Wiggum. Dude, Wiggum is such okay. a failure. Of okay, if we're talking like donuts. those kind of characters too, that aren't donuts. direct. Man, I really, really like Ralph. I feel so bad for Ralph. My 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 little nephew is autistic, so anytime I see Ralph, I'm like, God, he's autistic. He's just an autistic kid, and they didn't even do it on purpose in the '90s. No, exactly. It just was the person that they wrote. It was the weird. It was the kid that we related to. As autism wasn't a thing when I was a kid. He was just a weird, quiet kid in your class. Yeah. And nowadays, you're like, oh, he's just autistic. That's what that works. Yeah. But yeah, man, Ralph. I dude. felt Ralph always got overplayed, but maybe it's just because I always had friends that were like quoting him all the time. So nah, I kind of got sick of his one That's what I'm saying. Ralph, no, Ralph is legendary. Man. I say, I'll, I'll take your Ralph and, and raise you a Millhouse. Obviously. Because Millhouse is just like, I don't know, such a classic <laughs> character to me. Then why was there a bulwark? Dude, <laughs> but my mom says I'm cool. Yeah, like, my, but my mom says I'm cool. That's is, a is so everything's coming up Millhouse and he's like stomping around in his fucking pants. Man, Millhouse is the ultimate character because he 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 works to this the human subconscious and the lack of confidence that we all have in ourselves. And you're like, we all are a Millhouse. We all want to be Bart, but we're all truly a Millhouse. Yeah. And, and Milhouse's dad is another winner, man. <laughs> Kirk Van Houten. Can I borrow a feeling? Can I borrow a feeling? <laughs> Take me with your glove of love. Dude, if you, if, if, honestly, if you're a Simpsons fan and you can't do a good, decent Kirk, you fucked up, man, because it's an uh, easy one. Uh, I just got a race car bed. <laughs> yeah, he's a big shot down there at the Cracker Factory. Dude, man. Yo, like, can uh, we shout out to fucking Phil Hartman, though? Oh, I love you, Phil, like, man. man. Dude, the whole show McClure, yeah, changes I know. We after. Go on forever. Dude, the whole show changes after he dies. Cool story about this. I, you know, Andy Dick is the one who killed him. You know, everybody knows. Yeah, the, yeah, everybody I've heard knows the cocaine the, story. He gave it to his uh, wife. The Illuminati story. Well, John Lovitz and him had a brawl about it or something too. Dude, I actually met Andy Dick. And Did he try to touch your dick? No, because that's man. the the rumors. We were all smoking weed. 
and when he showed up, you can't you can't do drugs around him because he gets all weird. So somebody like I don't know who the fuck it was, some just for last lady ran up, and she's like, "Andy Dick is coming, please, no more drugs." <laughs> we were like all on the rooftop of someplace, you know, people were doing whatever the fuck they were doing, you know. But I was smoking weed with some comics, and Andy Dick showed up. And even though he knew that he everyone would put away their drugs, he was like, you don't have to pet it away because I'm here. <laughs> and then I don't know who it was yelled out like in a group of like 50. Wait, yeah, we do, Andy. Get the fuck out of here. And it was so funny. It was like, oh, my God. People are, I'm in a room where people are roasting Andy Dick. No, dude, you've had so many crazy experiences. This is all within three or four years where... I don't know, man. Or I was on fire. I was at Just for Laughs every year. I was doing, you know, if I wasn't there for big shows, I was doing like little tapings. I don't know, man. I got blessed for a few years to go to Montreal for a few years. And each year, you know that your year to not come anymore is getting closer. Because Just for Laughs doesn't book more than two, three years in a row. The fact that I got like four in a row was pretty sweet. Oh, really? I didn't know that was a thing. They don't, they don't talk about it. They always want it. fresh new. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. then they'll, they'll book you for like three years, then they'll take a break, then they hope that you kind of refresh yourself, you, you come back come with... Back. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now you dress a little different, you're a little bit more hip. Yeah. They, they don't... He's got glasses now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, and he, you know, his sister's gay or something. They are amazing also nowadays at going out of their way to make sure that they are inclusive to each community and have Definitely. each community represented with a comic. I think that actually benefits them. I think that benefits comedy going forward. Yeah. I never saw no motherfucking representation as a kid, and I would have died, even if the fucking comedian was shit, to see a Portuguese comic or some guy with the name like Tony Mello. And, uh, welcome to Just for Laughs. Tony Mello. Hey, my mom's a fucking construction worker. You know what I'm saying? I, I would have loved it. I would have fucking loved it. But I get to be that guy. I've had people come up to me who are Portuguese and be like, hey, watching you do comedy is amazing bro just to hear you tell like our people's stories that shit's amazing to me and, and and you don't even think about it like that when you're writing these jokes you just think about it like oh, this would be funny and then you do just for laughs and you do all these high fucking like respectable things in comedy and then people look at your material as not just jokes but now it's art bro you're, you you are representing a culture you are talking about a people's you are uh, locking down these stories internally forever bro forever I like that shit. Oh, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's weird, man. Trust I've me. seen you live a bunch of times, and you definitely talk about your heritage a lot. And uh, I printed out some facts about Portugal. Yo, what a sick segue. This guy, you guys don't know, <laughs> but that was unbelievably perfect. I was like, wow. Well, man, I just, uh, I love learning shit is what it comes down to. And and when I meet someone, like, I respect that shit, and I want to, like, learn more about you. So Portugal's kind of fucked. The history of Portugal is, like, wild, bro. They uh, got the oldest bookstore in the world that's still functioning. Yeah, and it's humongo, nuts. bro. It's beautiful and old. And so like, this is one thing I was going to ask you. You've been there, then? You've gone. I've been to the islands, never the mainland. So there's two types of Portuguese. There's... Uh, Imagine it like this: people from Vancouver or people from Newfoundland. That's the difference. And I'm from Newfoundland, Portugal. Okay. Okay. So I'm from the islands. Literally, bro. When we were Pangea and we were one crust floating around, when we split from Europe, what we know now as the the west coast of Europe, Portugal, Italy, that kind of stuff, that was once connected to our east coast here in Canada. That was once one really? of the same rock, bro. When you go to Halifax, when you go to Okay, not Halifax. When no you go way. to Nova Scotia, when you drive the Cabot Trail, when you go to Newfoundland, and you see these mountains covered in like this like mossy grass. So there's just this huge mountains, just you know, this perfect little grass on them. That's exactly what Portugal looks like, minus the vegetation, because Portugal sits a little lower on the equator, so the flowers are a little different. The uh, 
the grass is a little different. But other than that, the rock formation, the way that everything is built, everything is on a cliffside, where, especially where I'm from, hmm. is the exact same shit as Newfoundland. It is fucking insane when you're there. It, it just crazy, feels exactly man. the same. You're like, man, it's crazy. They don't know because no one's ever been there. No one's ever gone to the Azores Islands, but that's where I'm from. It's like a... Well, and isn't your fiance from Newfoundland, right? Dude, that's how I know. Like, I spent fucking way... Oh, wait, you said you're married now or no? Yeah, yeah, man. You are? Okay, because you, yeah, yeah. you had mentioned one time on social media hating the fiance shit. And yeah, I, I we, we, we cut right by that, bro. I, I was I'm like, in that now. For, I've been fiance for like... Are you crazy, dude? Four I years. Hate, yeah, fuck that, bro. I was a fiance for a month. And I was like, this we is got a date as now. Shit. We finally have a date a couple <laughs> summers from now. Honestly, her and I have been planning a wedding, and she wants it more than I am. I'm like, you have, man, just let me get you a sick ring, and you just sit on the ring, and we just have a party. But no, we're going to have a nice ceremony. We're well, going to have been divorced. So, like, I need, like, I so, don't know. When you get divorced, you kind of, like, don't give a shit about marriage for a while, at least. Man, that's you know? really nice, though, man. Like, I, not, I cared about love. I still fell in love with my fiance, and now, now I'm at the point where we've been together like eight years, and we're gonna get married on our 10 year anniversary of like. So you together. you were married young in your 20s, sometime. Yeah, I got married when I was 23. 23, and then you were divorced. And by she what? was 21. Uh, we were married like four, maybe four, almost five years, somewhere and in there, four and a half. I honestly, say. that sounds like the most perfect first marriage because you'll never make that mistake again, bro. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for sure, and like everything worked out for the best, and we were on good terms. You guys had kids. Now. Yeah, yeah, my oldest too. We we have equal custody and we're all you know hey can you take the kids on wednesday like you know we're modern family and all that but um at the time what's sure, that mean you fuck her husband or something no 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 <laughs> god jesus <laughs> that was a deep cut man you laughing i was trying to get the dad laugh man. No, her like, husband's great yeah. um not in that way though i don't know y'all I've never, I've never been there you this know? shows that we're, we're getting cut Whatever the fuck that commercial is that it tells you, like, the No, I just standards. mean fucking, like, you know, it's like, hey, can you pick them up from soccer? Or, like, we help each other out, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's no beef in, man. Right. I don't got time for stress, and neither does she, and, and we've been like that for a long time now. So it's a uh, best-case scenario for a divorce, you know? But when you, when that shit actually happens, it certainly is weird when you've got young kids and shit. It, it was very jarring at the time to just be like, oh, yo, I'm going to go from seeing my kids 100% of the time to 50% of the time. And that's best-case scenario like, some people get, like, every third weekend if they're a shitty parent. <laughs> you know, so 50% was awesome. But I remember it being pretty, like, a, a heavy blow at the time, being like, shit, man. I know, because I love my kid, man. It's crazy. Yeah, just imagine, just like, you can only see her, school like... school is fucked. Like, I, I've been the stay-at-home dad for almost two years. That's my homie, bro. I, I'm, I'm awake from 6, and she wakes up around 9. And the best thing is hearing those little footsteps come running across the house, and then I'll be in another room, and, and she there's like a little window that you can peer into the room that I'm in because I'm in a like smoking room. Yeah, and I'm doing my you know I'm doing my little office, bro. And she'll look through the window and she'll be like, "Dad, I'm awake. Do you know where the videos are?" And I'm like, "Cause her whole routine in the morning is you know go brush your teeth, do that little thing. Uh, she can watch some videos in bed because I gotta now that she's awake, I gotta start like unwinding from." morning work mode bro i get most of my thinking done by like th fucking eight o'clock in the morning i oh, wake up, get up really early eh? interesting dude i love that goes against the burnout stereotype you know no nah, no nah, fuck that man i'm awake at like six you know I, I i love my weed plants and there's no better time to take care of your weed plants than like six in the morning you get out there they're not even awake yet you just prune them prep them for the day give them some nutrients give them some water talk to them tell them to be okay we're almost there thank you Fucked up Good shit, girls. Man. Yeah, I tell them that we're almost there. Yeah. You girls are budding now. Thanks so much. Honestly, this comes from, like, just, man, you just want the best for them, you know? I swear to God, I'm like, they're living things. Maybe they can feel the love, yep. you know? 
You always watch those videos of those hippie dippy people being like, talk to your plants, please. They can hear you. They want you. To, <laughs> you're like, whatever, man. I'll try it out. I'll do anything for some good weed, man. You know, if I don't have to buy weed and I can just grow it for the rest of my life. Even if you're essentially just talking to yourself, but you're using that as your conduit to, you know, whatever. I always talk to myself. It's so healthy, though. Like, Why wouldn't you talk to yourself? Just expressing your shit that you need to get out there. And it, I mean, it's crazy if you're having a back and forth conversation with yourself, maybe, you know in a really, really third person kind of sense where, yeah, it, it, there's limits, but I do think more people need to kind of just have those moments where they, you know, talk to themselves and not be embarrassed about it. Who cares? Get some <laughs> shit out. Nah, man, that, that kind of embarrassment is what happens. Okay. Wait, sorry. We got off track. Get, get back on this Portugal. Well, trip. I got some Portugal facts. Yeah. Um, Portugal has the longest bridge in Europe. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yo, it's 18 kilometers long. Where? Uh, the Gamma Bridge crossing the Tagus oh, yeah, River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a picture and it looked fucking crazy, man. Yeah, that sounds right, man. The Gamma Bridge, bro. Luis Luis Gamma or whatever the fuck is. The is. biggest wave ever surfed was in Portugal. Have you ever seen the video? No. Dude, they have video of it. Yeah, and the guy it says like it was twenty four meters, so it, eighty feet tall. This way, dude. The guy riding it <laughs> rides it the, the whole way. You've probably seen video without even knowing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's like part of GIF culture and everything. Like it's just a giant wave and it looks fake but it's real man there's a, there's a place in portugal that has like a perfect cutoff where the ocean just comes in full force and then it just hits that seawall or whatever the fuck that little like embankment that makes the waves yeah and it hits it out like a couple hundred feet before shore so you know the water's just coming in and then just out of nowhere that's so crazy to Dude, be on top of that man there's a lighthouse next to it and sometimes it like crushes the lighthouse you're like how how the fuck is that happening right now dude yeah. yo, yo talk about crazy shit like that and footage and 90s shows do you remember real tv when that was <laughs> where you had to go and watch like some skydiving accident <laughs> we're gonna take you down here to uh, colorado where a jumper is about to learn a lesson in safety and gravity dude yeah and they oh man real tv wow I don't even think it was like that, to be fair. As funny as that was, I think it was actually more, if I'm remember, remembering it correctly, it was like, his chute wouldn't open. It was always like kind of dramatic. Dang, oh, my dang. God. Like, the, and they would do that coming was up like after that, the right? break. And I they would show you the like fucking that. clip, basically, and then you'd be like, now we're back, and they'd show you the same shit. That's the worst part of uh, syndicated Real TV, man. It was like that. Shit. It was like pretty over the top. I do remember that, man. I think it was. The ambulance couldn't get there on time. You're not going to believe what happened next. But you know they're probably always going to be fine because they, they won't be able to show it if the person really died. That's the so, rule. So it That's becomes the rule. lame that they're amping it up like that because it's like, stop pretending. He actually survived the fall. Yeah. <laughs> the alligator only took his leg. Um... I guess that's it, man. There's there's a couple more in here. What else you got? Oh, I'm not near the mic. My bad. Uh, Portugal is one of the oldest nation states in Europe. Yeah, you don't know that? I didn't know that. Listen, I didn't know shit about it. There's so many countries, dude. I'm going to give you a quick Portugal rundown. They built the ships that would go on to create the slave market of oh, the shit. European people stealing African people to bring over to North America to create like the African fucking slave trade like you know like trading fucking real slaves for things good lord so they built the the they build the fucking is that boats. all they did was just build the boats and then like you guys do whatever you so want they, so they that's, that's what we did we, we sold boats that was our thing we we build boats for italian settlers like uh like christopher like christopher columbus and then there's the other no he's the spanish dude who's the other guy from italy 
fucking Marco Polo. He's also Spanish. Yeah, I think, or yeah, Italian maybe or something. Yeah, yeah. There's one yeah. Italian guy and there's one Spanish guy. And, yeah. and those guys in that era, I believe it's like the 1400s or whatever the fuck it is. Portugal is a powerhouse of the world, bro. And all we did was export boats. But that's all they did. They didn't do any of the slaving stuff. They just made. Oh, boats. for sure they did slaving stuff because when I guess everybody did. Because when you so go to Brazil, up. we speak port. They speak Portuguese. Yeah, and I think that became like our South American port, where they. I, I'm sure the history is way darker than I even remember it being, but I guarantee you that there was a lot of Portuguese. Um, what do you call that shit when like Catholics come and they try to fuck around with the natives there? Oh. Um like where they're trying to convert everybody and yeah stuff. yeah like um, oh fuck missionary missions yes, missionary so that was the kind of thing that's but it, it, that, that shit would always end up like bloody and fucking awful oh yeah well that's all the shit about columbus right there's columbus day but now everybody says like yo when you look what he did he authorized uh, a bunch of crazy vasco da gama that guy gama that you just said the gama bridge that's yeah. his name's vasco da gama that guy actually is one of the first dudes to discover like one of the trade routes through uh, Africa or whatever the fuck it is to get to like India and all that stuff. So you know, when you look on the map, you can kind of see there's like trade spices and all that shit. Dude, he's one of those dudes, Vasco da Gama, bro. I remember when we were kids, they would teach us about that guy. Yeah, wasn't there some famous spice route that was like one of the most busy yeah, man. Uh, economic places in the old world? So, bro, that's the whole thing. Portuguese boats. I fucking love history. That's the other reason I wanted to look. This Imagine shit up. that. The Imagine you could go more. back for one day Anywhere. to the year fourteen seventy two, and you're in the middle of fucking Morocco, and you're just there, and it's like a Portuguese guy, genuinely Portuguese guy, like he's fucking 100% Portuguese there's nothing mixed with them and he's just talking to a Moroccan dude and they're not even speaking a language that you've ever heard because they're all speaking trade language which was like you know basics I'm going to give you this and this much weight this much gold and this is what you're going to give me yes or no and you know Bar bartering and stuff bartering yeah. straight up barter language you know on, on like a fucking sheet made out of papaya whatever the fuck papayas or whatever that shit is and you know they're just fucking scratching in some shit and it's like this much this much gold no all right you fucks get that out of these portuguese guys are the worst you actually uh not tonight so much but other sets i've seen you talk about your parents a lot and your roots in portugal and everything mm -hmm. and uh i wanted to know actually did you go and seek out like comedy and trying comedy because you had so much stuff about your family you wanted to talk about or did you just have the comedy call you know, happen on its own, and then you sort of realize that you had this well of material. Like, what was the chicken or the egg kind of? That's all I'm wondering. Okay. I start doing comedy. I'm like 19 years old. Still very young. Probably my first solid year from 18 to 19. I'm doing a showcase for Montreal. In, in, in Montreal, I'm doing a showcase already. But I came out of fucking comedy like a rocket. You know, I was ready to go. So I'm doing a showcase. I'm 19 years old. I'm doing something called The Comedy Works. In Montreal, a little comedy club above Jimbo's pub. Jimbo's a real person. Jimbo watches me do my set. He's the guy who, who books you for the, the club if you do good. And I'll never forget this. Man, it's going to make me cry. Because what a good question. <laughs> Jimbo brings me to the back of the club. He goes, you suck. You, your material <laughs> was absolutely fucking garbage. But those stories about your parents, very fucking funny. Funny, funny. You hear how my audience was laughing? They loved it. You can come back tomorrow, you can do some more spots, but you can't do your fucking jokes. Tell stories about your parents, okay? Wow. Anyway, for real? I can come back tomorrow? I didn't even care that he had just made fun of my set. I was like 19, I was just so happy to do it, and I go, thanks so much, Jumbo. He goes, yeah, don't forget, no fucking jokes. <laughs> just uh, fucking 
<laughs> Stories about your parents. That's what the people like. That's what I would like too. I want to go go think about funny shit your mom does. I was like, okay. And the next night I came in and I did my mom's voice for the first time. Mikey, why are you gonna? And that was the, the night it was born. Man, that's that's amazing, man. I gotta take a deep breath, bro. Can I just say like, that if anyone said, "Here's a character named Jimbo," that's the voice I would have expected. Well, uh, I own the pub in the basement. I love comedy, but the city right now—they're not—they're uh, not helping me. He always used to complain about how the city's not helping me. He met the people, but he was bringing the, uh, the the city. They don't, they don't want, I don't know what the fuck they want. Is this place still around or no? It just ended like pre-COVID, but man, mo the best comedy club. You Is could Jimbo have Jimbo still around. Oh yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I'm around. He switched into his voice. Uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, around. I'm around. <laughs> I'll be here, guys. <laughs> uh, I never leave. I'm Jimbo. He wouldn't like his smoking in the back. He always used to give people shit about that. I don't know why. In comedy clubs, you can always smoke in the back. He wouldn't let you smoke in the back. I don't want drugs in the back. <laughs> All right, Jimbo. You're. Uh, I heard a joke about your mom. You know, giving you shit about smoking weed, especially growing up. Has she softened at all with legalization? <laughs> Not only has she softened up, bro. She tokes. No, man, but she's like, she'll use weed cream for her. Like, she'll do everything but smoke because in her head, she's like, I gave him shit for so many years about smoking that now I can't be smoking. I'll be a huge hypocrite. He'll never live. You know, I'll never let it. Like, I never would. I'd be like, look who's smoking. Old arthritis, diabetes, yo, bitch. But, uh, <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, uh, she doesn't smoke, but she'll use weed creams. She'll use CBD. She doesn't give a fuck. She gets what CBD is now. She, like, gets the, you know, but she will not fucking toke a joint. Damn. Yeah, I guess my parents are pretty much the same. I don't think you would smoke, eh? You used the vape once, I think. Yeah. And he ate edibles once. That's a whole other story that I've told on That's this no show good, before. man. Edibles are no good for someone who doesn't want to consume marijuana. Yeah. Okay, wait. It can go sour for sure. Here, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I got one last question, man. I feel I've been... so bad. No, not even. It's I... okay? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. I said, I, my dog's getting spayed in the morning, so. Um, <laughs> you know, the last question is the season two question I've been asked everybody. If you could meet and have dinner with anybody that you've never met, whether they're alive or dead, who would it be? I could have dinner with them? Yeah, just chill and have a conversation with somebody. Anybody in the history of mankind. Yeah. But someone you've never met. That's the only stipulation. It can't be like somebody you want to see again, like your dead grandma or something, you know? Ah, fuck all those people. <laughs> the people who would see their their grandma, or are you talking about the grandmas? <laughs> Both. The grandmas, people want to see their grandmas. Get over yourselves, grandma. Banani. Banani. I never had grandparents growing up, so I'm very young of shit, but that's a... Okay, let me think. Somebody who I would love to... It's going to... We're going to go... Honestly, man... That's such a good question. It's it's a loaded one, though. It takes a minute, and, and I don't blame people when they want to take a pause on that one because, you know, it's you heavy. Know, there's like, so many options. There's so many options. But and, don't and, overthink okay. it because, you know, whatever. I know who it's going to be. Like, not going to happen. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Jimi Hendrix. Nice. It would be Jimi Hendrix. Not even a comedian or anything. I just love to talk to Jimi Hendrix and be like, man, what was it like being the guy, like, just to change music forever? Like, but I, I'd want him to know who he was after he died. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't want him to just think that it was like he's just who he is. He would be aware of his legacy. Correct. Okay. I want it to be like Jimi Hendrix with the knowledge of who he is after his death. So that I could be like, what's that like? What does that feel like, Jimi Hendrix? Because everything before you was very plain and very like, you know, yeah. love, love made it. <laughs> and then he shows up and he's like, wow. <laughs> 
So radical, yeah. Dude, like, you know. Yo, it sucks he fucking died, too, because it so could have been avoided. No, that's how that happens. You don't want Jimi Hendrix to be old. Can you imagine Jimi Hendrix fucking being carted around like what's his name? Chuck Berry was uh, until he was like 90, just kicking his leg. It never can tell. All right, all right, Chuck. All right, that's enough. Yeah, man. Jimi Hendrix is going to be my answer, only because he influenced me so much. Jimi Hendrix was the first person that I realized was high all the time during his music, and that made me want to be high. It was also the first time I had ever heard the layers of music i had headphones on and the song crosstown traffic came on and it starts off with i think it starts off in your left headphone and then it goes to your right and it was the most psychedelic like i must have been high out of my mind smoking some weed as a teenager and that fucking riff you know oh man yeah. Okay. Talking about artists though that make you feel like oh they were high all the time. That's kind of how I felt about Bob Marley. You know. Like yeah, he he's high all the time. Big, what a great thing, man. Yeah, you're just like yo, I can smoke weed and play guitar and just feel feel the vibes Bob from Marley, your soul. Man is like the coolest though. The way he dances on stage always makes me want to dance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just lets his hair fly and he just kind of like man in bounces, interviews you know? when people are like. Are you rich? They're like, you know, you ever seen the interviews? Like, are you are you rich? He's like, what is rich? Yeah. Are you are you wealthy? What is wealthy? Another you spot know? on impersonation. Yeah. Is he, oh man, it's just so funny the way he talks. He always sounds like he just smoked a massive joint. I don't know what you want people what? to do or say about me, but it's not what they think I am, but who I am, and that is my wealth. I don't have wealth from, you know, the. I love that. Yo, I don't he's have so wealth, wise. You know? Yeah. And you're like. Oh, sick this guy's literally answering that for like a national television he's like a yoda dude i went to jamaica and we went um, did you do the bob marley tour yeah dude and uh, you get to sit on the rock that apparently he would meditate on yeah that's his rock and bro. he's got like a crypt basically and the tomb that he's in you can like smoke joints in there and stuff it's pretty epic if you can make it out sometime you got to do it oh for sure it's bucket list shit you know yeah yeah right the bob marley house man yeah Yo, thanks so much for stopping by, man, and doing this late this night. This is the Bob Marley house. Yeah, it was like smoking weed at one in the morning laughing. <laughs> no, this was a fucking blast. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Everybody listen and listen, man. Just fucking thank you for listening. If you if you listen the whole fucking time, I never make it to podcasts. I make it to like 40 <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, all right, boys, you're high. Knock yeah, it out. That's how it goes. But uh, if you listen to the whole time, thank you so much. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys even spending some time with me. And uh, Oliver, thank you so much for having me, man. This of was course, fucking man. so this long overdue. I think we've been trying to do this for like a year, so it was nice to get it over with. And, and finally, <laughs> like, be like, okay. I can come see you in Ottawa without me feeling Finally bad out, yeah. for not like making it out to I do because I, I have I carry guilt like immigrant Portuguese old oh, school man. guilt. I, I never meant to put that on you. You don't put it on me. Okay, My mother yeah. put that on me when I was like four, <laughs> and it's never left me. So now I'm like, I no, I've always just been an eager fan, and you always been super nice to me. So you know, no, I'm about it, man. Thank you for having yes. me for real. This is yeah, nice. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you. Now we play the arcade. Bam 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 bam. Oh man. <laughs>